0: section twelve of the inheritance by susan edmonstone Ferrier. this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter twelve lulled in the countless chambers of the brain our thoughts are linked by many a hidden chain awake but one and lo what myriads rise each stamps its image as the other flies each as the various avenues of sense delight or sorrow to the soul dispense brightens or fades yet all with magic art control the latent fibres of the heart pleasures of memory there are few minds so callous as to revisit the scenes of their childhood without experiencing some emotion and whether these scenes lie in the crowded city amidst all the coarse and ordinary objects of vulgar life or in the lonely valley with its green hills and its gliding stream the same feelings swell the heart as the thoughts of the past rush over it for they speak to us of the careless days of our childhood of the gay dreams of our youth of the transient pleasures of our prime of the faded joys of our old age they speak to us of parents now sleeping in the dust of playfellows in a far distant land of companions altered or alienated of friends become as strangers of love changed into indifference they speak to us it may be of time misspent of talents misapplied of warnings neglected of blessings despised of peace departed they may speak to us perchance of god's holy law slighted of his precepts contemned of himself forsaken of hearts alas not purified and renewed by that grace whose aid they never sought but like the wasted volcano parched and blasted in their own unholy fires fairer scenes all may have viewed than those on which their eyes first opened but in them we behold only the inanimate objects of nature which however they may charm the senses or fill the imagination yet want that deep and powerful interest which seems entwined with our existence and which gives a local habitation and a name so powerful a mastery over us something too there is of solemn thought in returning to a father's house whether that father's arms are open to receive his long-absent child or whether the eye that would have welcomed and the tongue that would have blessed us are now mouldering in the grave ah many are the wild tumultuous waves that roll over the human mind and obliterate many of its fairest characters its fondest recollections but still the indelible impression of a parent's love remains impressed upon the heart even when steeped in guilt or seared in crime one spot one little spot will still be found consecrated to the purest the holiest of earthly affections it was with these mingled emotions mrs st clair found herself at the door of that mansion she had quitted thirty-three years before it was the house in which she had first seen the light where her parents had dwelt and where she had left them surrounded by a numerous family but all were gone save the brother she had just seen and two sisters now its sole tenants even the most artificial characters still retain some natural feelings and as mrs st clair crossed the threshold of her once happy home and the thoughts of the past rushed over her she exclaimed with a burst of anguish would to god i have never left it and throwing herself upon a seat she wept without control there is something in real emotion that always carries conviction along with it although well accustomed to the ebullitions of her mother's character miss st clair saw and felt the depth of her present feelings and sought by her tender and affectionate sympathy to soften her sense of sorrow but with a look and gesture expressive only of abhorrence her mother repelled her from her at that moment a lady approached and throwing herself into her arms mrs st clair sobbed in bitterness of spirit while her sister mingled her tears with hers miss black was the first to regain her composure and she said in a voice which though still tremulous with emotion was yet soft and sweet i love those feelings my dear sarah they are so natural you miss all those you left behind and you are thinking what a happier meeting this might have been had it pleased god to have spared them to us but i trust there is a happy meeting yet in store for us oh no no sobbed mrs st clair almost convulsively as she leant her head on her sister's shoulder my dear sarah said miss black in a tone of tender reproach accompanied by an affectionate embrace but come let me take you to our poor mary who cannot go to you mrs st Clair raised her head and made an effort to subdue her emotion as she suffered herself to be led to the apartment where her youngest and favourite sister was when she had left home she had left her a lovely romping child of five years old with laughing blue eyes and curling flaxen hair and this image of infant beauty she had ever treasured in her memory though reason had told her the reality had long since fled but alas reason can but imperfectly picture to us the slow and silent ravages of time and at sight of her sister mrs st clair felt as much shocked as though the change had been the metamorphose of an instant instead of the gradual progress of years of suffering and decay imagination indeed could not have pictured to itself aught so affecting as the contrast thus presented by a glance of the mind mrs st clair thought only of the gay rosy frolicsome creature whose fairy form seemed even yet to bound before her eyes or hang round her neck in infantine fondness and on that self-same spot where last she had parted from her she now beheld her a monument of premature decay pale motionless and paralytic for a moment she shrunk from the half-living half beatified looking being with that instinctive horror with which the worldly mind recoils from all that reminds it of perishable nature a faint streak of red tinged her sister's sallow cheek and a tear glistened in her soft blue eye and her heart seemed to swell perhaps with some almost forgotten feelings of humiliation at her own infirmities but when mrs st clair again looked the slight hectic had fled the tear was dried and the sigh was checked gods will be done my sister said she with a look and accent of meek and holy resignation mrs st clair could not speak but she threw herself on her sister's neck and wept gertrude meanwhile had stood aloof her heart oppressed with sorrow and her eyes filled with tears as she contrasted her mother's feelings towards her sisters with those she had testified towards her and the painful conviction that she was not beloved forced itself upon her in all the bitterness such a discovery was calculated to excite at length the agitation of the meeting between the sisters began to subside and miss black approaching her niece tenderly embraced her and led her to her sister here is a stranger who has been too long overlooked said she but once seen she will not be soon forgotten and she gently untied her bonnet and looked on her with eyes of delighted affection her aunt mary sweetly welcomed her and also regarded her with an expression of love and tenderness such as gertrude felt she never had read even in her mother's eye there was indeed little resemblance between mrs st clair and her sisters either in mind or appearance elizabeth the eldest belonged to that class who can neither be called handsome nor ugly but are yet sometimes thought both she had regular features and a mild sensible countenance but she was pale and thin and to casual observers had altogether an air of mediocrity which in fact was rather indicative of the consistency and uniformity of her character she was a christian in all things and its simple unostentatious spirit pervaded all her looks words and actions and gave to them a charm which in her station no worldly acquirements could have imparted her sister was many years younger and in spite of sickness and suffering still retained traces of great beauty every feature was perfect but the dim eye the pale cheek and the colorless lip could now only claim pity where once they had challenged admiration yet neither pain nor sickness had been able to chase the seraphic expression which beamed on her countenance like sunshine amid ruins it was the look of one already purified from all earthly passions but who still looked with tenderness on the frailties of her fellow-mortals mrs st clair seemed little gratified by the fondness her sisters testified for her daughter she remained silent and abstracted with her eyes fixed on the memorials of former days for everything remained in the same primitive order as when she had left them and everything told some long-forgotten tale or roused some sad though slumbering recollection she fixed her eyes on some foreign shells which decorated the old-fashioned chimney-piece and what a train of associations did these mute and insignificant objects conjure up they were the gift of one who had loved her in early youth and who had brought them to her all that he had to bring from afar and dearly had she prized them for then she had loved the giver but he was a poor and friendless orphan boy and she became the wife of an earl's son all may choose their own path in life but who can tell to where that path may lead the lot indeed is cast into the lap but the whole disposing thereof is of the lord mrs st clair had chosen that of ambition and for thirty years she had dragged out life in exile poverty and obscurity while the one she had forsaken that of faithful and disinterested affection would have led her to the summit of fame wealth and honour the poor despised sailor-boy had distinguished himself for his skill and bravery and in the honourable career of his profession had won for himself a noble fortune and a name that would descend to posterity this mrs st clair knew for she had heard of his heroic exploits with feelings of the bitterest regret and self-reproach and it was those feelings which spread their gloom over her countenance as she looked on the tokens of his youthful love and thought of the valiant high-minded being she had bartered for a shadow of greatness she withdrew her eyes and they fell upon a venerable family bible from whence she had been accustomed to hear her mother read a chapter morning and evening to her family she recalled as though it had been yesterday the last evening she had passed in her father's house the figure of her mother was before her her voice sounded in her ears the words recurred to her then as they had often done since it was the last chapter of ecclesiastes unrivalled for its beauty and sublimity by aught that prophet ever spoke or poet wrote beginning with that touching exhortation remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say i have no pleasure in them and ending with that awful assurance for god shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil mrs st clair uttered an involuntary groan and closed her eyes you see much to remind you of the days that are gone my dear sister said miss black tenderly but when the first impression is over you will love to look upon those relics as we do for the sake of those who loved us never ah never exclaimed mrs st clair starting up and going to the window everything here is torture to me the very air suffocates me she threw open the window and leant out but it was only to behold other mementos of days past and gone she looked upon the little garden the scene of many a childish gambol. it lay in the full blaze of a meridian sun and all was fair and calm an old laburnum tree still hung its golden blossoms over a rustic seat at one corner of the garden and the time since she had sat there and decked herself in its fantastic garlands seemed as nothing she remembered too when after a long childish illness her father had carried her in his arms to the garden with what ecstasy she had breathed the fresh air and looked on the blue sky and plucked the gaudiest flowers it was on such a day as this thought she the air is as fresh now as it was then the sky is as fair the flowers as sweet but my father ah, were he still alive would he thank heaven now as he did then for having preserved his child and again the bitter drops fell from her eyes as she turned sickening from the view the cord of feeling had been stretched too high to regain its ordinary pitch without an effort it is sometimes easier to break the chain than to loosen it mrs st clare felt her mind untuned for ordinary communing and she therefore took an abrupt leave of her sister's with a promise of returning soon when her nerves should be stronger hurrying through the crowd collected around the splendid equipage she threw herself into it as if afraid of being recognized and called impatiently to her daughter to follow the postilions cracked their whips the crowd fell back and the proud pageant rattled and glittered along till lost to the gaze of the envying and admiring throng End of section twelve.